Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Happy Friday. I've been saying all week, happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday. But this is truly happy Friday. I had to make sure to check my calendar just to make sure I wasn't going to get um, <laughs> excited about something uh, that I was wrong with. But no, it is Friday. The weekend is upon us. So as always, let me know in the comment section what your big weekend plans are so I can live vicariously through your um, plans. Um, so yeah, we, we have a big show lined up today. First hour, we're going to be speaking with um, Scott Minio. I hope I pronounced that name right, uh, about critical race theory. He is um, with an organization called PACT, Fighting Back Against Critical Race Theory. In the second hour, Open Line Friday, talking about uh, Nancy Pelosi declaring that her Catholic faith requires her to allow the repeal of the Hyde Amendment to force all Americans who pay taxes to essentially pay for other people's abortion procedures. That's her faith. Her faith demands that she do that. So we're going to open that, the second hour up for your comments about that or anything for that matter. And uh, we'll be taking questions in uh, the comments section and maybe we'll open up the questions in the first hour about critical race theory. Um, so you can call in 888-441-1121. Um, so oh, Joe is should be here. Not quite sure where Joe is, but he should be here. He is in the building. He's a couple of doors away um, down the hall, so he should be here any moment. But in the meantime, let's bring on our guest, Mr. Producer. This is Mr. Scott Minio, the head of PACT. Can we bring him on, Josh? In fact, we have everybody. Oh, and Joe's here. Joe's here. I'm Wait, here. Dad, I'm Dad, here. Yeah, I mispronounced your name, Scott. Oh, you're you're muted. You're oh, muted. You're now muted. Now he's muted. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, you're you're good now. You're good now. Okay. Did I mispronounce your name, Scott? No, sir. All right. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, you're you're with Pact Parents Against Critical, um, Theory. Theory. So why wh why don't you uh explain a little bit about who you are, what Pact is all about? Um, the floor is yours. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show today. I think uh, this topic is very important. It's killing our country. Um, <clears throat> so about two years ago, I live in Loudoun County, Virginia. And about two years ago, they put out a, an equity assessment that was conducted by a, an equity consulting group called the Equity Collaborative. And in that report, it was extremely subjective, very baseless. Um, but the net result was 28 pages full of how racist we are. We got white supremacy all over the place, apparently. Um, and therefore, we need to make some changes. So the 2019 school year, prior to its starting, uh, teachers had to begin implicit bias training. And my wife is a teacher in this county. And I just said, oh, boy, here we go. So the, the, the fall of 2019 wasn't too terribly bad. They were doing things behind the scenes that nobody was aware of. Um, but when we got into lockdown last year, that's when the school board and superintendents started sending out emails, um, starting to use some of the language to get people comfortable with things like equity and diversity and inclusion. So Scott, it was, out, it, was, it was planned. Oh, yeah. this, this whole thing was planned by this radical leftist agenda. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, you know, as I've gone through uh, the past year, one thing that I've really put a lot of emphasis and focus on is the NAACP, and I've conducted or created a timeline. And 2019 was a, a breakout year for the NAACP in our school system. Um, but so last year, the superintendent and school board started sending all these emails out, just kind of soft paddling and, uh, you know, painting the narrative for what would be coming in the fall of 2020. And they put out the superintendent equity statement and it stated, you know, a bunch of stupid things. But one of the things that really got me going was we need to disrupt and dismantle white supremacy. 
Okay, so what is white supremacy? I'm thinking to myself, are you calling 82,000 students white supremacists, therefore their parents are white supremacists? Who, who is this group? I'd like to go and disrupt them as well, but who are we talking about? And I sent a letter to the school board, you know, went nowhere, of course. And then uh, I began diving into the school system's repository of documentation and things. And I've stumbled across things like uh, action to combat systemic racism, comprehensive equity plan. So I started diving into those. And, uh, you know, it just one thing led to another. And when the school board, there was a school board uh, individual by the name of Ian Sorokin. And Ian Sorokin did take some Soros money, not a lot, but enough for a school board members, about three grand. And um, he had an interview with a local newspaper. And in that interview, he said, it's absolutely ridiculous rhetoric that the Loudoun County school system is teaching Marxist education. So, uh, Loudoun County and all school systems around the country have what I refer to as equity partners. And so I began to dive into one of their quote-unquote equity partners uh, called Learning for Justice, which is a Southern Poverty Law Center organization. And I went in there, created an account, and I built high school lesson plans on the Communist Manifesto and how it aligns to today's social justice movement. Right? That's that, The teachers have full access to this. So I sent it to him and I said, either you're a Marxist, which I don't like, but I appreciate the honesty if that's what you're going to, if you want to admit that you're stupid or you're a liar. Because I found it in about two hours by creating an account and building the school lesson myself. So then I was really jacked and really started uh, paying attention and looking at things and doing some background researches on the school board members, their voting habits, uh, things like that. It was a slow start, so I, I formed Parents Against Critical Theory in September of 2020. And it was a slow start because all the parents were really focused on getting their kids back into school. Um, I have a son who just graduated and a daughter who's in 11th grade, and they were doing fine. So I, I, a, bunch of, a bunch of parents were not going to get their kids back in school. This was a federal and state organized lockdown. So I was not distracted by that and more focused on critical race theory. Um, jumping ahead a little bit, February 25th, I put out a story about the cancellation of Dr. Seuss and a friend of mine at the Daily Wire, Chrissy Clark, picked up on it the next day. Thank God that she did because it went, uh, it went everywhere. And during the month of February, I had also been going after another school board member for her insistence and lying that critical race theory is not being taught in our schools. Um, that, that's the new thing, by the way, is, oh, we're not teaching critical race theory because they rewrapped it. Theory. Yeah, equity yeah. theory now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. More garbage. It's equity though. theory. Oh, yeah. It's all the same. I mean, they have a million and one Trojan horses. But what they forget is what they said, you know, maybe a week ago. And then they, they use the terminology critical race theory in their conversation. So it's like, yeah, OK, yeah. We, we, we get you coming and going. They can't keep the story straight. That's what's that's what's incredible. I mean, you mentioned. um the NAACP, and I have to always make sure I don't accidentally say NCAA. For whatever reason, I have a mini <laughs> dyslexic moment whenever I try and, and mention the organization. Um, it, it's it's amazing that the it's the it, for the advancement of colored people. That's what the organization's name is. But equity is not about lifting people up. Equity is about dragging down, dragging people down to create equitable in uh, circumstances. Right? It's not the idea. Talk about that, because we've explained this on the show a lot, but I'm interested to get your perspective on it. There's a big difference between equity and equality, the difference between the equality of opportunity and the equality of outcomes, right? Equity is seeking the equality of outcomes, making sure that everyone ends up in the same place, where equal, equal opportunity, equality, is everyone ha should be free to pursue their own um, the happiness, free of, of intrusion, free of any, any, any type of, of blocks. Explain to people, though, your your view on the difference, because they, as you said, they slip in equity without ever defining it. And they just kind of like they 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 prime the pump. They get you to as a as a parent, you see these newsletters coming over and over and over again. Equity, equity, equity. You never really see what it means. So explain to the audience um, what you found when it comes to the difference between equity and, and what we've all learned in school equality. So one of the best examples that I can give is is the NAACP have been fighting for, I don't know, about a year to make it uh, equitable for uh, black students to be able to get into a, a fairly new STEM school that we have, right? So they succeeded, and in August uh, 2020, 
you know, they dumbed down the criteria to get into this STEM school. Um, they just completed their first year of this new policy and the numbers came out in early June. And don't you know the enrollment acceptance, the applications, the enrollment and the admission went down two points for black students. Last year was the highest number of enrolled accepted uh, black students in this school and the school opened up in 2018, right? So I think it's hysterical because it just goes to show that their, their, their insistence that black kids are stupid and they can't maintain an education and keep up, keep up with their peers is insulting. And it's, it, it, it's, it's not even hypocrisy. It's just insulting to the black students because they, sh they, if they want to go, they're going to go, but their whole scheme backfired. Yeah. So th this gets to the fact that they can't tell the truth. So Scott, my problem is, is that as, as we advocate for our children, advocate in our communities, talk about truth, not the big T, right? The capital T truth, not find your truth, which is how they started to have a diversion from reality is that we don't call them what they are. We, we, we tend to kind of get wishwashy and, you know, ah, uh, you know what they're not, that's not, a, you know, that's not the way it is. We don't use the right words. Right. So I just want to, I want to, and I do this pretty much everyone that comes on <laughs> on the show, they lie. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So they are 100%. So what are they? They're liars. Right. They're liars. So why isn't that? I mean, you'll, you'll hear me say hashtag the left, they're liars. They're, they're, they're everything they say they're fighting against. They're, they're grooming our children with, with gender fluidity in our schools as well. Uh, something that kind of runs side by side with what you're doing at C, they're doing at CRT. Right. And it, it's meant to weaken our children. So it's, it's meant to actually create and dismantle what we are as a nation. Right. Just it's almost as if they, they create a fog and then they revise history going forward. And then because of the fog and everything that they built behind it, saying everything's racist and everything's bad and we're all bad people. And there's because they build that fog, kids start thinking that's just the way it is. I mean, this, maybe this is normal, even though in their brain they're thinking to themselves, this is yeah. completely not normal. Right. And what you mentioned, Scott, is what, what we refer and other people refer to it as uh, the bigotry of low expectations. Right. Right. The, the idea that, that black people somehow need to be advocated for because if, if and, and I'm all for advocating for people who need help. And if anyone who can identify true systemic racism, I'm all for it. If you can find me an we'll institution that is, is truly racist. Um, I'm all for eliminating it. They they tend to not be able to identify it, but we t we refer to it as the bigotry of low expectations. And I want to get your take on this because I saw this today, and it, it's we've seen similar things before, but it's truly stunning. Put up image number one, Mr. Producer. This is a real article. Um, how the effects of historically racist laws are still keeping BIPOC from the outdoors. History tells us why skiing and the outdoors in general lacks diversity. Thanks to the work of dedicated groups, this is slowly changing. So, I mean, this is the ultimate form of the bigotry of low expectations. The idea that somehow there are barriers, there are laws, blockades, stopping BIPOC, that's black indigenous people of color. They keep changing the acronyms, but somehow keeping minorities from opening the door and going outside. As if, as if the minute they try and go to a national park, the minute they try and go on a hike, there are some Klansmen in hoods. They're saying, oh no, you shall not pass. Almost like a racist Gandalf saying, you shall not pass. You are not allowed to go outdoors, get back inside. I mean, that's what they're trying to argue here. And it's insanity. That's exactly right. But you know what I think? I, I, I look at stories like this and I, and I love them. And here's why, because those skeptics or people that aren't necessarily comfortable with a, a race, racial type of conversation are seeing how stupid this stuff really is. And I think it actually helps people in our position learn that what we're saying is, is, is not hyperbole. I mean, this is the level of stupidity these people take it to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we talk about the level of stupidity they take it to, but we, Scott, we haven't learned the power of the word no, have we? We think that we have to listen to and put up with this stuff. And as parents, 
we, we have to get to the place where we learn the power of the word no. We just spent the last year having most of our kids taught at home, correct? Yes, sir. All right. So we also know that the school system is run off of budgets, and budgets are actually dictated by the number of students that are in class, right? Yes, sir. So I'm just going to tell you that no to me. I, I'm not going to – I personally – my kids are 24 and 21, and I'm just putting this out there, and we'll talk, kind of talk through what your thoughts are on this. But getting 60 to 70% of the parents to unenroll their kids, homeschool them, as we would call it, and just saying we're walking away from public education, strangling off their ability to indoctrinate our kids. I almost feel like we've gotten there. We've almost got, we've gotten to the place where enough is enough. Why walk our kids into a place where it's become a job farm for extremists, not an education center for our children, where math and science and all these things don't make any difference? Let's just say we're done. We're done. Next, we'll build our own pods. We'll educate our kids at home, right? Which the, in Colorado, I'm going to just give you this. In Colorado, we were part of the reopen uh, Colorado movement. And we, from there, we went to the FEC United movement. We built this FEC United. Now it has almost 200,000 members across the U.S. Um, and it grows by 400 to 800 people a day. But we built this deal, and over 5% of the people in the front range unenrolled their kids from school as a result of mass mandates and some of the things we were seeing, 5%. Imagine if we made it a national campaign that they're basically trying to kill your children, because that's what they're trying to do. I mean, it, Absolutely. Divide and kill, right? Divide and conquer. This is right out of the communist Marxist playbook. And we just said, listen, we're done. We're no longer, we're not interested. And 70%, imagine if we all came together and 70% of our children unenrolled from school. Said, all right, pods, you four people, kids can meet together, right? We just changed the entire dynamic and forced them to understand that, no, you're not, I'm not sending my kids into the lion's den. I'm not doing it. I, th anyway, I think so. you'd see the teachers unions fight back against that. I think you'd see the teachers unions try and block parents from getting any of their tax money back, right? I think you'd see, you'd see towns, school districts try and raise taxes on people. Uh, I think there'd be a lot of pushback. It, it, it's, it certainly could work, right? I mean, that's the ultimate work. question. That's the ultimate question. Do you try and reform the system from the inside? We've seen all these videos of angry parents going to school board meetings, right? Do you try and reform the system? Or is it so far gone that what Joe's talking about, leaving the school system, homeschooling, private schooling, the pods, what, what do you think, Scott? What, where do you fall on, on, on that spectrum? I think there's a lot of merit to what Joe is saying. <clears throat> However, when you look at Loudoun County, for example, um, Virginia recently turned blue. And in 2019, you know, Loudoun County went Democrat for all their school board members, Loudoun County Board of Supervisors. And where we are is the early stages of a Chicago style takeover. Nope. And but Scott, your election system is why it went blue. Yes. Right. I mean, I grew up in the DMV area, right? I grew up in Washington, D.C. I went to school in Virginia. I went to school in, in uh, Maryland, right? And I'm telling you, it's not a blue state. But the election systems can steal an election like that. It doesn't take many people. What we're seeing right now across the country happened in, in Virginia as well. No, I think, I think you're right there. I mean, there's a lot of people paying attention to Virginia. There's the Virginia Project. There's Cyber Ninjas. There's a lot of activity going on into diving into the, the election fraud that happened here. And it's, it's an untold story. Quite frankly, it really hasn't gotten any media. Um, and I can tell you that the, the amount of people that have come out in, in Loud, because basically you've got Northern Virginia consists of Fairfax, Loudoun, and Prince William County. And the way those county goes, so goes the rest of Virginia. And there is a lot of uprising um, with critical race theory, mask mandates. And this, this may not seem like a big win, but today there was a, a big win, I think. Um, the other day, Fairfax County parents got a, uh, a, a petition fully signed and they submitted it to court to have a uh, school board member recalled. Went to court today and the judge said the school, the, the school board member needs to prove why she shouldn't be recalled. That's a start. That's a start, right? And I, it's an unexpected surprise for a judge to say that in Fairfax County. So it doesn't mean it's going to solve the world's problems, but it gives people just a little bit of hope, right? There's a whole lot of uh, things we need to do. There's a lot of people fired up, and I think there's going to be record numbers of people voting for individuals that they never thought they'd vote for. 
because every day there's something going on in this state, in this county, other yeah. counties. The uprising is huge. And to a point you were making earlier, Joe, I mean, what do we call people? We call them liars. And for years and years and years, Republicans, conservatives, people, whatever, have been dancing around this whole race thing. And I'm not a Harvard graduate. I consider myself a, you know, kind of a blue collar type of guy in a white collar day job. But since I started doing what I'm doing, I go right for the jugular. I call them for what they are. They're liars. They're hypocrites. The NAACP is a black supremacist organization run by a crooked woman that is also involved in other felonious activities in the county. And I can prove it. And I have proven it. And that's what you need to do. There's no pussyfooting around. You have to call these people out on exactly what and who they are and what they are doing. So, so I will tell you, I don't know if you have a pen to write this down, but let me just tell you what me and Craig and other people have said previously. These are pedophiles, rapists, and closet racists. They are everything they say that they are fighting against. They are building demons you cannot see because if you cannot see them, you are chasing a ghost. If we look at the virus, the virus is a ghost. It exists. Of course it exists, right? But it's a ghost. In other words, you can't see it. Racism, you can't see it unless they're literally hanging someone by a tree and doing something. If there is so much racism, you wouldn't have this many false flags. You wouldn't have this many false flags. You wouldn't have a garage uh, pull that they say, oh my gosh, it's a noose. It's been there for years, yeah. right? You would, exactly. You wouldn't have Smollett having to go into Chicago and pay two big black men to come and beat him up and pour bleach on him. You wouldn't have that. That would not, not be even the story. Like Africans. All right. Africans. So listen, <laughs> I, I want to point this out because this was important. When I was on that call, and Scott, I, I want you to tell me what you think of this. I was on the call with uh, Antifa where Eric Coomer from Dominion Voting Systems was on it, right? I was on that call. And they're deathly afraid of the fact that I'm not afraid of them. I'm not afraid of any of these leftists. But in that call, I was going back through my notes, and I saw a part where on this call they were saying, we have to do things to make them look bad. In other words, we have to spray paint Nazi symbols. We have to, we have to create all of these events. Stick to the plan. This is what we have to do. They're the ones out there doing it. There's no Nazis out there that are spray painting swastikas. They're just not doing yeah. it. And Eric Coomer himself yeah. was Antifa. Or not Antifa, but he was a skinhead. So, <laughs> so it's just like unlikely bedfellows, right? Yeah. So by and, calling and them what they Virginia. are. Yeah, that's the thing with Virginia. We know that Virginia historically has had racists. I mean, Virginia right. used to be one of the the main Klan states in the country, right? I mean, you you there used to be a legitimate Klan presence in Virginia, not just in secret, but that Klan members would run for sheriff, right? They would be on the school boards, they'd be in city council, they'd be in the mayor's office, and they were unapologetically Klan members, and they weren't even afraid to tell you. That's not the case anymore. I mean, there might still be some racist Klan members in Virginia, but they're not like they're not parading in the open. They're not. Wow. So they're, they're creating this boogeyman of white supremacy, which everything's white supremacy. Everything was, is white supremacy. Even Larry Elder running for governor of uh, <laughs> California. That is also apparently white supremacy. He is a black man, but it's white supremacy. And they, and they stopped just, him from running for governor because they know that he no, would no, be he, popular he won, amongst everyone. No, he, he, won, his he won his lawsuit. He's he won his lawsuit. Yeah, but yeah, my point yeah. is, is that they did that to keep him off the ballot because they yeah. know that he yeah. would be popular because he, he's just a real guy. He's authentic. He stands up for truth. Oh, and he happens to be black. Oh, so this little con contingent, which, by the way, Scott, I think is a smaller contingent than we think it is. I think you have a million people that are just village idiots around the nation that are out there parroting, but they own tech, right? They strategically own right. tech, right? Otherwise, you would not have this wokeism happening. You wouldn't have it happening. No, it spreads like wildfire. And, you know, the funny thing is, you know, when, when, the, uh, when they put out this equity statement and they talk about white supremacy in Loudoun County and all this kind of crap, um, you know, I looked into the Southern Poverty Law Center to look up all the locations of their, their white hate groups. There's nothing in Loudoun County. And, and I demanded that the school board produce evidence that there's white supremacy. I demanded that the NAACP show me examples that make us, that meet the, 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 the threshold that determines we're a white supremacist county. You can't do it. They can't yeah, do it. Can't. And unless you can prove it, 
it doesn't exist. Well, what they've done is they've taken the microaggressions, which notice how they don't even call them microaggressions now. They've taken microaggressions, which is the idea like, oh, you tell someone, oh, you must be good at math because you're Asian. That's a microaggression. That's a that's a discriminatory uh, presumption, right? They've no, taken pretty true. Most people that are Asian are really good at math. They've taken microaggressions. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> they've taken microaggressions and they've rebranded it as white supremacy. You mentioned that your wife was being yes. taught about implicit biases. Implicit biases are, are not white supremacy, but they've been rebranded as white supremacy. The idea that if you're walking down the road late at night, and someone in a, in a hood is walking towards you, you walk to the other side of the street. They say, oh, that's racist because you presume the person is black. I mean, it, it's insane, but they say that's your implicit bias. That's now white supremacy. White supremacy is not implicit bias. White supremacy is not um, microaggression. White supremacy is someone who actually advocates for the superiority of the white race, the idea that white people are better than all others. I don't see any of that. I don't see any of that anywhere. That's kind of racist that you would say that. Well, I've yet to see anyone yeah. in any position of authority or, or any position of public trust actually legitimately, unironically say that white people are better than everyone else. I, I don't see it. So, Man, yeah, you know I, I'm, I'm right see? there with you. you. What you do see is openly in the media, in the public, on any stage, black supremacy. Yeah. Or and, white and inferiority. Coming from the opposite, right? Coming from the NAACP. These people are emboldened. And what they've been very successful for in, in previous years is using the race card, playing the race card to keep people silent. And, you know, in, in, in a strange way, I think this whole CRT thing is good. You know why? Because people are getting pissed off and they're talking about race more and more and more because they're like, you know, like, for instance, Asians, they are a minority. They're what? sitting on the sideline, though, Scott. They're going well, like this. They've, hmm. been, they've been put on the <laughs> sideline by this movement because they're too smart for their, their, their agenda. So now they've relabeled them and classified them as adjunct whites because yeah. they, they're screwing up their, their, whole, their Mac, whole scheme. So they can't have that. And Max is an adjunct Native American. I don't even know how you can no, say that. I'm a Native that. American. I know that's why I'm I said. I, that's why I said that because I'm an adjunct I, white. I'm an yeah, adjunct. You're white. an adjunct white because now you're. Yeah. I, you see what I mean? It just doesn't end, yeah. right? I'm, I'm more Native. I'm yeah. more Native American it's the, than Elizabeth it's, Warren. It's the convenience. <laughs> it's the convenience to be able to say, "Oh no, no, I, I'm, you're a racist." Oh, was wait. that you just trying to impersonate a Native American? No. Uh, all right. No. So no. I make sure you're not impersonating <laughs> I, my people. I stop. <laughs> I, I do. I do a really good um, Indian voice though. Uh, I don't. What is an Indian voice? No, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'll tell Look, you. Look, when I was growing Asian, up. Uh, wait, Max. I'll tell you when, when, I was, when I was growing up. Oh, you're gonna say something I, racist. I am not gonna say something <laughs> racist. <laughs> Scott, when I was growing up, so my so uh, my dad's black, my mom's white, my whole family's interracial, and if you were to come to a family event, it it was it, people would come and they'd be like this, <laughs> because we would say stuff to each other because we loved each other. Right, we would use all of this stuff that we dealt with, and when I, you know, I grew up in the '80s and '90s in the Washington D.C. area, I gotta tell you, it was bad. It was bad. I know what racism looks like, right? White liberals—that's what—that's that's who attacked me and my family when I was, you know, in the '80s and '90s, and I'm talking massively attacked. I called me a reverse Oreo, said really negative things about my dad for the first five years that my father, my excuse me, my dad worked for. Uh, uh, Fairfax County Public Schools. Talk about Loudoun County, right? Fairfax County Public Schools. Um, my mom couldn't take him food because she thought he'd really? lose his job. Because my dad would lose his job, he would. He would, My mom would bring him food or bring him lunch or something like that. He'd be everything's great. He's one of the hardest working men you'd ever. I mean, he's a super hard worker. Right, with the school at night, worked two jobs, took care of his family, one of eight kids, right? And and she would show up and all of a sudden, now oh, it's a problem. Now we're gonna sorry, you're just you're not working hard enough. And they'd fire him. Because yeah. white people hated me because my dad was black, black people hated me, my mom was white. It was it was awful. In the eighties and nineties, yeah. that's what it was like. It wasn't like it was today. So I look at the progression that we're at today and I, I feel good about where we're at on on race relations. I feel good. And, and all of a sudden, yeah. now it's bad. Like, where there's, there's racists behind every corner. It's like the Grim Reaper, ready right? to just take your head off. 
Well, right. Well, exactly. well, look at this. You, you you mentioned Asians, Asians being on the sidelines. I'll tell you what is taking them off the sidelines is the critical race theory, the equity argument being applied to gifted and talented programs, the, the, exactly. the advanced yeah. mathematics classes. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is a piece from NBC News, but there's dozens like this. And it says gifted programs worsen inequality. Here's what happens when schools try and get rid of them. The idea that if you are better at math, you learning math at an accelerated rate is somehow racist and that you should be dragged back and forced to, to learn math with the kids who are three grades behind you in basic yeah. f fundamental concepts. Right. I'll tell you what's also bringing Asian parents off the sidelines, that Asian applicants to Harvard and other prestigious uh, schools and universities are being discriminated against because they claim that they want to make the student bodies more diverse, but diversity is a loaded term. Diversity isn't wanting Southeast Asians, right? Diversity isn't wanting Indians or, or Chinese applicants. Diversity means not having those applicants because they, they, they're too good. So if you apply as an Asian student to Harvard, you need to do orders of magnitude better than you, would, than you should because they are letting other applicants in with lower test scores simply on the basis of their skin color and their ethnicity. So that, I think, is what's going to bring Asian parents off the sidelines because I, out of all of the Asian friends that I've made in my life, I, I've met a lot of their parents. And the one thing that always sticks out to me is that they, they care they truly care about education first. Yeah, they care about extracurricular activities, yeah. um, but, they, but they're all about education. They're all about their kids getting the best education possible. And when you tell these people that, sorry, your, your child, your son or daughter, isn't gonna get the best education possible. They're not gonna get into calculus, AP calculus, right? Or, or, or BC calculus. They're not gonna get into the higher levels of calculus because equity requires that they stick in pre-calc, right? I mean, they're gonna, Wait, well, wait. but but it's even but it's even worse than that because the the math the the this common core math is actually reducing by nearly seventy percent, reducing the the limits the 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 height of math people getting to higher math classes in high school and college, it's unbelievable. I've right. never seen anything anything like it. That this math is stopping them from getting to a place where they understand calculus. They understand. Uh, theory and um, um, higher higher levels of math, right? Like I'm a math guy, right? I, I can't imagine that these kids today understand algorithmic math, understand how to build out uh, different models and methodology that will help them in every part of their life, business. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, cra it's crazy to me. It's crazy. So Scott, they're, this they're, is another they're... article I, I wanted to ask you about. Real quick, put up my yeah. screen. This is, this is an older article. It's from about eight months ago. I they actually warned you at the top eight months ago. The Virginia's attorney general ordered Loudoun County schools to reform their gifted program admissions process. So what's going on in your county about the gifted program? Because they are very clearly gunning for it. This started from the NAACP, right? So this, this complaint was filed by the NAACP on May 24th, right? There's there's a series of events that took place a few months before that, right? And in, in February 2019, Loudoun County made national news because there was a, a elementary school that had uh, a program called the Runaway Slave Game, okay? And the NAACP lost their mind, right? This went national. Um, however, in the last couple months, we've been able to dig up information, facts, tweets, uh, talk to a teacher that put on the uh, runaway slave game. And it was actually a sanctioned school lesson by the state of Virginia adopted by Loudoun County. Um, the gym teacher received praise uh, from, the, from the school's principal and the gym teacher happens to be a liberal. So she did nothing wrong but what that did was blow the school system up to make it look like we're very, we have racist people at every angle. The Black Panthers came on site to demand the principal fire the teacher. And um, then we moved into uh, the hiring of an equity consultant. But in reality, the equity consultant was actually hired in January. And the founder of the equity consultant or the founder of Equity Collaborative, which is the equity consultant is a guy named Jamie Almondson. Now, Jamie Almondson worked with Glenn Singleton, and they made money 
off of underground railroad um, simulations in middle schools to the tune of $30,000 in various school districts. So the catalyst, is, the perceived catalyst for bringing in an equity consultant is this runaway slave game, which was staged, okay? Then you bring in an equity consultant to do an equity assessment, and the owner of the company for years worked with Glenn Singleton conducting underground railroad simulations. And I'm so what does that mean? Explain to everyone what that means. So an underground railroad simulation that they charged school districts for in middle schools, right? What they did is they put bags on kids' heads, chains around their neck, took them out to a field, brought them back to the school, had them write down their experiences in the classroom, okay? And these kids were scared. These kids were, the idea oh. was to make them feel uh, middle school, okay. seventh grade, right? So this was a paid for engagement to Glenn Singleton's organization, Pacific Education Group, which has been renamed fairly recently. I can't remember what it's called now. But the fact that Loudoun County hired a man who founded the Equity Collaborative to do the equity assessment in our county that was part of this is, is just absurd. So now we go into um, May 11th, May 10th. So May 2nd, the attorney, the, the governor comes out as blackface, right? Everybody loses their mind. The NAACP calls for his resignation. In May we actually, 10th. We still don't know if he was in the blackface or in the in the hood, right? I think it's we, a we safe bet he was in both. <laughs> I think he was in both. And here's why. And the attorney general. Because the attorney general met with black leaders on May 10th. Right. Because he was also in blackface. They came out on like uh, February uh, 5th or, or 6th or something. What happened after that meeting? Two weeks after that meeting, the NAACP in Loudoun files a discrimination complaint against Loudoun County public school systems. And the basis of that complaint was the educational director, Robin Burke, said her son was discriminated against from getting into the academies of Loudoun, which first opened September 2018. You know what? My son is white. He did not get accepted either. So that school had not completed an entire school year, and they're saying the basis of the enrollment was centered around discrimination. Discrimination, to be proven, should have a track record of at least three years or five years to demonstrate, yeah, okay, there's some problems here. So within that discrimination complaint, the Loudoun County NAACP also created something term, uh, called the Terms of Conciliation, which is god-awful. Basically, it gives them all kinds of control within this county, including the renaming of schools in this county. So that discrimination complaint is a bunch of crap. It's bogus. The Terms of Conciliation are baked into it. And um, and you would you would it's probably a segment for another show where you can read it. But I mean, you'll lose you'll fall out of your chair when you read what their demands are and, ha and were met, by the way. Including something that's called uh, the uh, bias incident reporting system. All right. Say that What's again. That? The bias incident reporting incident system. reporting system. So this was talked about during a, uh, an, edu uh, an NAACP educational um, meeting that somebody got on video and sent to me, and I have it on video. So they talked about it there, and now this bias incident reporting system was implemented in the spring of this year. What that means is any student can go into this bias incident reporting system and make a complaint against Max. Max, and there's check boxes, right? So it's, uh, it's there's check boxes as to what Max experienced, for example, and then the last field is a free form field where it's supposed to be anonymous, but I can completely put Max's name in there. And then you get a gaggle full of other students making the same complaint against Max. Max's school days are done because yeah. he's going to be turned into the king of racist. Yeah. And uh, you know how kids are. Kids have a vendetta. So, oh, yeah. That well, they're, they're brought by these radicals. The radicals on the left push them. I mean, they just bully people into a submission. I say we just get it on, go out in the middle of the street, winner takes all. I mean, this, so this almost did, sounds so. like this almost sounds like Obama's Title IX um, dear colleague letter where they, they opened up a new way to prosecute sexual assault on college campuses that, that people could just make accusations against them unfounded. And, and then it's up to you to defend yourself, even if you did nothing wrong as a man. If you have if you have female students accusing you, 
the burden of proof is on you to prove that you didn't do it. It sounds like they're exactly. trying to do the same thing in schools with with uh, this this bias, this this discrimination alert system or whatever the specific words you called it. Um, that's terrifying. That's terrifying. So it is. It, it, we, we filed a lawsuit against the county on June 2nd. And the basis of the lawsuit is discrimination against my two kids, as well as this reporting system. Right. So that's that's in flight right now. Uh, Liberty Justice Center is representing us. Um, what I did earlier this week or late last week, I can't remember, is I, you know, we got a big election in the state of Virginia, but I can't put all my eggs in one basket. School is getting ready to go back in about 40 days or 30 days. Um, so what I did is I created a CRT incident reporting system for all students, teachers and uh, parents to provide me with documentation, videos, audios, uh, PDFs, so that I can put them and build out my repository even bigger to provide the, the community and the nation with real examples of what is going on inside the classroom. So I'm trying to use what they're doing against them in any way, shape or form that I can. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Slide. It makes sense. I mean, if, if they're going to try and get people to report teachers for bias, then yes, you want to report, you want to create a database um, for the, the ridiculousness, right? Let the people see. And, and I think you're right. When it comes to critical race theory, I think that as, as terrible as this is, I think the only way to actually defeat it is to let people at, at least briefly see what it looks like. You don't want anything to take hold permanently, right? But people won't actually rise up. Parents won't rise up against it until they understand it in a practical, in like a, a real way, what it's all about. I, I think it's kind of like the the biological men competing in women's weightlifting at the Olympics this year. No one wants a woman to lose out on the gold because a biological man is going to crush the record this year in weightlifting, right? But the silver lining in all of it, if there is one, is that the entire world is going to see just how unfair it is when a biological man who used to compete in weightlifting as a man all of a sudden crushes the female competition, right? It, it, you need to see it. it. You need to at least let it get public so it's just not theoretical because people lose it on the theoretical. 100%. The problem with critical race theory today in the media and the news and all this kind of discussion is it, it, it – it implies a stack of books on the left-hand side and the need for a dictionary on the right-hand side. It tends to stay at the level of white supremacy and white this and white that, and people get angry, but that's not enough. We need people to feel pain. And what I mean by that is parents can get angry about the, the theoretical aspect of critical race theory, but where it's most important is understanding the implementation of delivery into their school systems, into their kids' classrooms. Yeah. So what I've created is uh, essentially a life cycle of critical race theory. It starts with infiltration, moves to transformation, and then ends in indoctrination. And the indoctrination and transformation is the most incredibly important part for people and parents to understand. Yeah. So, so what would you, I know there's, we have lots of parents watching, lots of grandparents even watching, because lots of people mm -hmm. don't even realize you don't have to be a parent to get involved in the school board. You can be a concerned grandparent and get involved as well, as long as you You live could in not have kids at all. You still have to live in this society, yeah. right? Exactly. What can Josh people is pointing do? at himself going like this. Yeah. I see him on the screen. What can people do right now with, without having to, obviously it's gonna take people getting off the couch, getting out of the house and, and taking action. What's something easy that people can do to stop critical race theory from infecting their school districts? I think the first and most important thing is be able to find the evidence that's there because it's hard to get people angry about something if you can't produce it. It's great to have school board recalls, recalls and get the signatures on the petition, but how are you going to get people fired up enough to want to get involved and sign a petition to get as many signatures as you need? You need people to see examples in the school system, in the society in which they live, that this is actually taking place. Um, discussion is not enough. You can talk about school recalls until the day is long, but you have to give reason. You have to give people a reason to get off the couch and get involved. Once that happens, then it starts igniting a, 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 a fury. And the idea of getting that fury ignited is to keep people engaged because it only broadens, but it has to start yeah. with some basic um, 
basic research of looking at school documentation and question anything and everything. Do not believe your school board. Question everything. And do not well, accept CRT is not in our school system. Well, well, how how in the world do you trust these people? They're liars. Right. But, you, you know, I like to say that if we if we can all just get on the same page, we can all stop thinking that we have to be the thought leadership and get people to follow us. And, oh, my gosh, I have 100 likes and 200 comments and blah, 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 right? If we can just stop doing that, just stand out in front of everyone and say, look, we know these things to be absolutely true. They are liars. They are pushing their pedophilia agenda. They are trying to groom and recruit our kids in school. They are trying to make us all equally stupid and therefore equally poor. They're trying to steal opportunity from our children. And then we start talking about the realities of what Democrats have done to every community they have touched, right? If we, if we, if we just get on that page and we continually just hammer it home, Scott, there's nothing that we can't accomplish. And then, by the way, here's another thing that I'm just going to put out, out to you, right? Ready? At what point we know they are compromised, at what point we know that they're doing wrong, doing wrong, we take our thousand people, we walk into the city hall, we grab a moving truck, we go inside, and we just say, hey, we're here to move you out. So we, we, we have not realized, it's a real thing. But I'm going to tell you why we, why we don't do it, right? You know why we don't do it? I'm going to tell you why we don't do it. Because... If you don't know the Constitution, if you don't know the remedy of law based on the Constitution, then you don't know what rights you have. You're like, oh, there's nothing we can do. I'm an elephant with a string tied to my ankle, tied to a fence that's not even the ground. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. The remedy's there. The remedy is simple. The people get to walk in and say, listen, I'm going to take your desk. Is this your computer? All right, we're going to grab your computer. Let's put it in that box over there. And like, what are you doing? We're firing you. Right? You're hurting our children. You're destroying our community. Get out. And they're like, oh, I'm not kidding. I'm going to call the police. And you go to the police, you're like, hey, simple. I'm just doing my job. Well, we're just doing our jobs as citizens as well. But if we don't understand the Constitution, it, it's not something that's ambiguous. It's not something that says you don't have rights. It's very clear. Anything that operates outside the confines of it. But if you don't know the Constitution, then I can convince you of anything. And I can also right. make anything make sense. Because this is the, the way it's been done. You have to have an election. No, 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 no. That's not in the Constitution. It's not in the Constitution. You, is there is that any of that stuff in the Constitution? Well, it's in it's in it's local statutes, right? The, local, the Constitution. Uh, local statutes. The Constitution governs the federal government, right? And it says anything not enumerated is reserved to the people or to the states. The states then empower the local school districts, the, the towns, who then have the uh, system for removing. One hundred percent. But the law of the land is what. What's the law of the land? Depends on it. Depends. If the federal no. constitution would be would be silent on this, it would not be silent on this. Anything that is done at a state level to violate the rights underneath the constitution cannot stand. That's why we have a supreme court. Again, we could, we could sit here and go back and forth on semantics of what it means. But you can't have a violation of the First Amendment and a violation of the Second Amendment and a violation of the Fourth Amendment. The violation, all these oh, yeah, violations, yeah, yeah. and and say you know what. I, I'm going to go get justice by going to the Supreme Court. That'll cost you millions of dollars, right? The remedy should not be controlled by dollars. It should be controlled by the people's voice. Right? We, we don't have to have these things happen, but we constantly do this thing like we have to maneuver against a system that they've designed to make impossible to maneuver against it, to make it too expensive. We don't have to wait. So, I mean, this is the part where I tell you, Scott, the things you're doing are, are amazing, but people have a lot more power than they think they have. You, you can walk into the school board and just take all their stuff, put it outside. They did it in, in Arizona. And the only reason in Arizona that they, yes. they elected a new school board, it went backwards, is because they said, oh, we're not allowed to do it. Oh, yes, we are. They didn't stand their ground. They didn't say, hey, here is the limits of the Constitution. As a matter of fact, the police didn't walk in and say, all right, you guys are all out now. They said, here's a document that says you guys need to leave. And they just left. <laughs> right? We have to decide... It's that it's worth the sacrifice, it's worth the fight. We have to decide it's worth the sacrifice, yeah. but we have to do it in a way that actually affects, actually can affect change. Like that was really nice to see in Arizona where they were all gathering and they, they tried to use Robert's rules of orders to just get rid of the board. But the local law, the county law, didn't allow that, right? So yes, you have to, they have to abide by the constitution, but you also have to abide by the law and you, you have to take a step that can legitimately affect change because it, just everyone gathering in a hall and saying, okay, we vote you out. 
unless it's done the proper way, it doesn't really affect anything, right? It, well, um, unless, unless of which, unless, and this what gets into it, it violates the spirit of the law and the 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 case of uh, the law of the of the environment, right? So unless it violates that, and not giving people the voice violates that, so you just fire them. I mean, I thought everything they did was was proper. I thought it was proper. One of the things you can you can do, and, and, and to your point, Joe, you know, the Constitution. There's not enough people out there that understand it, whether it's the U.S. Constitution or basic parental rights within their school system. Yeah, and I, I think it's extremely important because. You know, let's face it, a lot of people are coming off the couch, but there are a lot of people coming off the couch because they're pissed off about one thing or another, but they don't understand these other elements. Right. So I think it's very important. So, for example, one of the things that, that I'm going to be, I'm gearing up for is a um, opt-out letter, right? So, but it has to be very precise. In other words, you have to identify specific curriculum. You can't just say, I want to opt little Johnny up critical race theory because that's, that's not, that's, a, that's not an official way to go about it you you create you present the document with various check boxes right where they can opt little johnny out of whatever now whether or not that holds water in the state and local laws is is to be determined but maybe right. maybe it can be effective but the other point is creating an administrative nightmare for the school system because they have to do something with those pieces of paper right and if we can overwhelm them um but you know, part of that is helping parents understand this is a viable option for you. And this is associated with X, Y, and Z. Um, so the people, I think it, I think to inform people of their rights and understand the Constitution better, it almost has to come down to a, a dumbed down level where they can identify and relate to. And then the light bulb goes off and says, yeah, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. 100%. It does. I mean, it, so... So, Scott, anyone who's listening who lives in Virginia or just wants to help out with with your organization, with what you're doing in Loudoun County, how can people find you? How can people find PACT and how can people uh, donate or get involved? Okay, so I have one website. It's parentsagainstcrt.com. That website is focused on content, providing parents with uh, toolkits, how to create FOIAs, examples, videos. Uh, It's got a lot of information. Uh, another website that I have is stoplcpscrt.com. That was my first website, and that's largely where all my posts and information go out. Um, you know, I'll, I'll put out some posts depending upon the information I'm able to, to obtain that day or, or whatever the case might be. Um, and then I have a Give, Send, Go account. It's uh, givesendgo.com forward slash stopcrt. And, um, you know, if people have any questions, suggestions, um, there's different organizations around the country um, similar to mine that are doing things, but they're they're different in that what I do, what I focus on is trying to expose out and shame as many people as I can with yeah. facts and evidence that are <clears throat> involved in this insidious material. Um, I put out a lot of frequent posts with a lot of documents and facts. And some of the other organizations that are fighting this, they do it, things on a slightly different level. Um, but I'm of the belief that you can't change anything until you blow it up. And yeah. to blow it up, you have to get people pissed off and starting to scratch their heads. Um, so, for example, I'm, I've been doing a, I got a five week ad, full page ad going out in, the, in a lo- local leftist paper. Today's ad hit <clears throat> and it's going after the NAACP. Somebody has to because a NAACP member in Fairfax the other day said that uh, anybody I'm paraphrasing. But what she said is, let those people die that are opposed to critical race theory. I think that was music to my ears because you take that, you marry it with what the NAACP president in Loudoun County is doing, you blow that up, and then you start going yeah. down the path of informing people of the 10-point educational agenda the NAACP has rolled out to every chapter in this country, and maybe people will start looking at them with a different eye, not so cautiously, maybe not take what they say seriously and call their crap. Call them on their yeah. crap. I'm sorry, is what I meant to say. Well, I'll tell you, Scott, the reason, one of the reasons that I'm excited to talk to you and excited about the work you're doing is because so often we see traditionally red states like Virginia go blue. And we always focus on the act of going blue. And you, you talk about the senators that, that just switch from red to blue, like in Georgia, right? You talk about the House races that flip, the governor's races that flip. But they didn't really A lot flip. of times, let me finish. A lot of times, though, the focus doesn't get put 
on the consequences at the local level. Like everyone can understand that that Georgia, legitimately or not, has two blue senators now. The story that doesn't rise to the, the national level, the, the front page news, is what's happening in the school districts that benefited from those kinds of coattails, right? So we're seeing in Virginia just how fast, just how fast leftism, Democrat policies can truly infect. It's not just a matter a matter of switching red to blue. They are taking steps to forever change basic education so that for generations, kids will be indoctrinated. It's very terrifying. So I, I applaud the work you're doing because it, it, someone has to do it. And these kind of issues at the local level don't always rise to the fore. Can I share one more thing with you guys? Is there time sure. for that? Yeah. Yes. So, so in the state of Virginia, this is something that people were not aware of. Um, it was something that was passed by <clears throat> last year. It was a, a bill. It was an amendment to an existing statute. And it's called HB 257. And HB 257, from a high perspective or high level, affords the principal to ba- of a school to basically act as judge, jury, and executioner, meaning um, – I'll give you an example, and this is this is a, a, a sick example. And I, I you know, I'll just leave started with that. Uh, three months ago, there was a, a, a special needs girl um, in high school that was sodomized by a transgender student. It didn't make its way to the police department. Why? Because HB 257 says the principal is able to file a report or not. And what's the whole premise behind that? The whole premise behind that is the school to prison pipeline effort. So if it di- it doesn't get reported, it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that person who committed the crime isn't going to commit more crimes. It's going to embolden them to do more. And if you saw in a uh, school board meeting on July 20, uh, June 22nd, there was a couple of arrests you probably saw in a video. And one of the individuals that was arrested was the father. The father, the mother, and the daughter were set to address the school board that night on what happened to her. He got arrested because he was taunted by an individual, a woman, a crazy person that knew what happened to his daughter. So he finally lost his marbles. And when he got arrested, the story came out in the police station. And they've retained a lawyer. And my hope now is the family or the lawyer is going to come out in public and share this because um, I, I, I... I, I can't imagine what they're going through, but I do feel like that they owe the community in the state yeah. <clears throat> uh, to get this story out there because there's 82,000 students in our school district and it has to be told. Yeah, Joe, as we wrap up this hour, any any final uh, words to, to Scott or, or on this issue? Yeah, Scott, keep doing what you're doing, right? Become an effective voice. I will, I will tell you that anything that is worth fighting for does require great sacrifice. And it requires, frankly, the ability to overcome what they use in their, in their environment, which is guilt and fear. So I commend you for what you're doing, for becoming a target for them. I know that the radical leftists have attacked you. And I'm going to just tell you and the other parents that do not be defined by an indictment of character that is run by liars. You know, Jesus, when he walked exactly. up the hill... When he walked up the hill, Jesus walked up the hill two miles to his death when he was hung from a cross. He could have turned around and wiped them all out, but he didn't. And he was hated. And 100%, 100% of the people that Jesus had conflict with in the Bible, 100% of those people were in the church. And we were dealing with the, the, the movement from taking God out of our community to making government God. And in, that, in, in this fight... You know, nothing is bigger than God. And so if you continue to walk down this path and have faith and, and do the things that are necessary to protect our children, you will, be, you will be victorious. We already know how this ends. It's just a matter of making sure that we have faith and we stay the line when it comes to action. So God bless you. Yeah. Yes. yes, sir. Thank you very much. Well, well, thank you so much, Scott, for joining us again. He's uh, with the organization P- Parents Against Critical Race Theory. You can find um, him online, all the different websites, the uh, Give, Send, Go that he mentioned. Scott, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you having me. All right. Have a good one. So when we come back on the other side of this hour, we have open line Fridays, 888-441-1121 is our number. We're going to talk about a couple of different things, including the fact that Nancy Pelosi will play a clip of it. She had a press conference proclaiming that she supports taxpayer-funded elective abortions 
because she is a Catholic and her faith demands it. Well, the Archbishop from the San Francisco area wasn't all too pleased. We'll read that press statement on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 